Hello, welcome to the More Tea Vicar podcast from B&A Church in Bristol with uh, James Stevenson and Wayne Massey. This is a podcast where we talk about culture, theology and life and helping you to follow Jesus and to discover Jesus for yourself. This More Tea Vicar is part two of something we call the Alpha Questions. So we've got sent a load of questions, just waiting for them to come into my phone now um, from guests on our Alpha course. Thank you, James. And we just basically... Without any prep, so that's my way of saying don't judge me too harshly, we are having a go at answering them. Um, James. Hi, Wayne. Hi, everyone. Um, so we're going to dive straight in there. We're just going to be 15 minutes for your benefit, but also because I've got to rush out the door to my next meeting. So um, the first one is, um, if the sacrifice of Jesus dying on the cross was meant to absolve us of our sins... Why have there been arguably more sins committed since Jesus was born? Let's go with that one. Is that me? Yeah. Okay. So um, there's a there's a bit in the New Testament where we, well, I think it's Paul who writes about how we have been saved, are being saved, and will be saved. And so the Jesus' act at the cross, um, his dying for our sins, um, is to deal with the ultimate penalty of sin. Um, so, so one way to think about it, uh, if you're, um, uh, would be that, um, death is awaits us all mm. and Jesus is life and death tried to swallow up life like darkness tries to mm. swallow up light and failed. Mm. Now, why therefore does death carry on? Because actually we are still waiting for Jesus to come back a second time mm. and Christians believe that he's going to come back a second time, at which point the judgment that is coming for our sin um, will happen. So we are living in this, they call it um, in, in terms of theological terms, the now and the not yet, that the kingdom of God has broken in and um, the penalty for sins has been paid um, new life is here, but we are still waiting for that kind of the age of the fall to end finally and for a new age to come. So as Christians, we believe that we have been saved from the penalty of sin, but actually that we live in a world where the kingdom is breaking in, but there is still the presence and the power of sin at work. And so in our freedom, both actually as Christians, but also people who have not yet given their lives to Jesus, we have the freedom to make wrong choices to sin um, and we are still awaiting um, Paul talks about this. We talked about this last week with creation that um, the final redemption is still to come. So Jesus's, Jesus' death once for all dealt with all sins, the ones that had been and the ones that were to come. Yeah. And so people who uh, will be in heaven who lived before Jesus, they lived towards something that was about to happen. Yeah. We live with the view of something that's already happened. Yeah. So essentially, like- boiling it down absolving enables us to receive an invitation absolving does not eradicate from now yeah so um does jesus forgive the sins of people such as hitler and stalin james you go with that one the the answer to that is the work of jesus on the cross is enough to pay the penalty of sin for anyone The question is, do they repent and believe? Um, John Newton, the slave trader, um, uh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. Um, Another hymn, um, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus, um, true pardon, receives. So the work of Jesus is enough, but it requires true repentance on the part of the believer. 
Wayne, why did Jesus come to earth 2,000 years ago and not now? The survival of humanity is now only hanging, only now hanging in the balance with pandemics, global warming. So first of all, I'm going to work myself backwards. So here's, um, this is not, I'm not a climate change denier, but actually the question, there is a question to be asked about the survival of humanity only now hanging in the balance because you are more likely to live a longer, healthier life. You are less Mm. likely to die of a natural disaster now than even 100 years ago, let alone 500 years ago. And actually we are aware with COP26 happening that we have, we have it within ourselves to, to come back from the brink of climate change. And, and actually it's a science that's evolving all the time. So, so actually that sense that we are now only just hanging in the balance probably isn't as true as, we, as, as it sometimes we feel it is, even though climate change is a very real thing. You're less likely to die of war, you're less likely to die of disease, and you're more likely to live a longer, healthier life, no matter where you are in the world. Yes. Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago. Um, in the New Testament, it says, at the right time, God sent uh, his saviour, born of a woman. And, and there is a sense that I think most theologians would say that at that point, we had enough history to realise that we can't do this on our own yeah. and that we keep getting it wrong. And, yeah. and at that point, God himself breaks in in the person of Jesus. Enough promise of what him coming, enough history to know that actually sin is real. And, and that happens then under God's sovereignty and his timing. Yeah. And we trust him on that. And then whatever happens into when he comes again, it's the same principle. And if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, it might be helpful to think of the story of um, creation as one theologian describes it as like a Shakespearean five-act play. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Shakespeare, but essentially the, the idea is that um, the story up to the cross is the first um, three acts of the play is that right um, at, or four acts I think and then but essentially the notion is that we're in the fifth act of the play and we get to improvise um, uh, until the end of the play and and so what you're articulating in that question is um, how how do we know how long this fifth act is going to be um, because it feels like it should be ending um, because everything's going wrong and you can read a bit about that in the Bible, and there's lots of Christians that have wrestled with that question over the years. And Christians are invited to live each day like it could be the last, but also to treat the world around them and others in creation like it could be here for a very long period of time. James, do we need to have another sacrifice? This is linked to another question, actually. Do we need to have another sacrifice to, to absolve us of all the sins that have happened since the first sacrifice? There no. have been many. No. We, I think we've answered that one, yeah, sort of, Because yeah. his, his work is... Uh, sufficient he has paid the penalty for every sin the question is do we receive that um victory do we receive that invitation the illustration you often use wayne is that of a um uh of a a letter sent through the post um we have to choose to open it yeah who's asking the next question um me so um, would God accept a person into heaven if they had lived a selfless life following similar values to Christians, but they don't identify as being a Christian? Ooh, that there's not necessarily two separate categories there. No, so, so, so I think the best way to answer this, if you're thinking about this and you don't know where you are in faith, is if you have heard about Jesus mm-hmm. and you have heard the good news of Jesus and our need for a saviour, yeah. you now are in the category where 
you have to respond. So yeah. there's a writer called Tim Keller which says, you can't just leave Jesus in the middle as a good man. He's either somebody you have to reject fully or embrace fully, but there is no kind of middle ground. That's for everybody who has heard the gospel and the good news. The Bible teaches and the history of the church teaches is the best way to find God is through hearing the gospel. Yeah. That said, there's also stuff in the Bible in terms of there's enough, Paul in creation talks about, in Romans, sorry, talks about how creation reveals who God is that there's a, there's a theological stream of thinking that actually there will be, we will be surprised when we get to heaven as who is there because there will be people who have discovered the Saviour without maybe even ever hearing the gospel. But we leave that one to God. The key question for us is, if I have heard the message of the gospel, the good yes. news of Jesus, how do I respond? And I leave everybody else up to the Lord. Amen. And then um, it might be helpful to know that people are asking this question about identifying as a Christian um, and whether I can. And they often ask that question in relation to other people who are Christians and they don't want to be identified with them. I had this conversation with somebody the other day. And it's important to remember that we identify ourselves as Christians in relation to Christ, not in relation to other people who claim to be Christians and are, or whether they are or not. Our identity as a Christian is, is, um, is bound up in him and following him. I'm going to ask you this one because you asked the last one, yeah. didn't you? James, does God think that non-Christians are somehow inferior and not deserving because they do not believe? We're all made in the image of God. All have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. So we're all equal. And that's really important for us to understand. In terms of how God sees us within that framework, those who have believed in him um, uh, are given the right to become children of God, not children of their um, parents, um, but children of God. And so there is a, uh, a, we should all be treated the same and God engages with his creation um, with no difference, um, but he sees, he alone sees um, those who are his children because they have come um, to that identity through faith by grace and those who haven't. And ultimately his dealings with us in eternity will be determined by how we have engaged with the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Oh, I've got to ask you the next question. Um, why are there so many different branches of Christianity? Doesn't this suggest how open to interpretation the Bible is, as no one can seem to agree on a definitive definition of the religion? So the first thing to say is that there is an agreement on the definitive definition of the religion is contained in what we call the historic creeds. So um, Council of Nicaea 325. Yeah. Um, came up with a creed, which is a statement of what Christians believe. And then all these different branches of Christianity will come back to a statement that was drawn up very early in the life of yes. the church. So that's the first thing. There is actually agreement. 
um, on what the Christian faith is. And so look it up, um, the Nicene Creed. Why are there different branches of Christianity? There are two reasons. First of all, I'm going to give you the good reason. The good reason is that actually God gives us freedom and has invited us into co-creation with him. He's given us imagination. Mm. He's given us ideas. Yeah. And he loves, he loves for us to mirror what he is like in, being, in creating stuff. So we're all different, and we have different cultures and different ethnicities. So we create church in different ways coming out of that sense of the scriptures and the creed. And that's lovely and beautiful. The other thing, going back to a question we talked about earlier on, is that actually we still live in a fallen world and we're still not perfect. So actually, in our imperfections, when we use our creativity, we sometimes find ourselves disagreeing with others or making mistakes or falling out with others. And so so one of the sadnesses there are so many branches of Christianity Mm. is because we haven't always been able to get on. Jesus prays that we would get on and would be one, Mm. probably recognizing that's going to be a challenge for us. So so there's a good reason because we are creative imaginative beings and we're not all monochrome and the same but there's also a sad reason which is actually we are waiting for jesus to come back to fix our broken hearts completely and until then we're going to get things wrong and sadly sometimes fall out wayne thank you we're going to end this episode there um, there's an interesting question that was coming up next. I saw it and I was thinking, I can't do that. Yeah, I'm about to laugh. In I'm looking, 30 seconds. I've just, gone, I've just um, done, an, we have a, left. Just done a, a inadvertent abdominal workout. As <laughs> so, so we'll save that question um, for the next one. Consider that a trailer for the next Alpha Sessions Morty Vicar episode. Thanks for listening. We hope this has helped you to think about what it means to follow Jesus um, and to think about culture, theology and life. And um, we hope that you share this episode. So if you liked it with someone else.